Now we come to take a reading from the Gospel according to Luke in chapter 2 and we read the account there, the opening seven verses of the birth of Jesus. In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, in our homes, as we approach the Christmas time next week, I'm sure you've noticed that um, perhaps mum has uh, stopped wiping down the windowsills. On the shelves. And uh, you know it's something that's done every week. And you're wondering, well, why is that? And the reason is because there are now, on the windowsills, on the shelves, there are Christmas decorations. And they'll be up for a few weeks, again to remind us that this is a special season. Now, they may be decorated lights, coloured lights, or perhaps plain lights, white lights. They may be pearl strings uh, or perhaps chains uh, made out of uh, crepe paper. They may as well perhaps be fur or pine garlands. And also as well, from time to time, although it is seemingly going out of fashion, there will be what we call tinsel. Tinsel. So what we thought we would, what I thought I would do this morning for the boys and girls just to help us to understand something of the Christmas story, we're going to think about tinsel. Now the first thing to tell you about tinsel is this. Would you be surprised if I told you that the best tinsel in the whole of the United Kingdom is made in Wales? Imagine that. Yes, it's made in Wales. Show you a picture of the place where it's made. It's made in a place called Combran, which is a new town. And the name of the business is Festive. What can we say uh, about this place? Well, uh, it, it opened nearly 40 years ago, in 1983. It now has over 50 people there who work towards making tinsel. And they're making tinsel all the year. It starts in January, goes through to May, it, it ramps up a little bit, and then by the end of the year, it's being sent out to all the different countries of the world. It makes enough tinsel to wrap halfway round the world every year. And as well, I'm told that the tinsels are available in eight 
different sizes as well as thicknesses. And so, if you're interested in tinsel, that's the place. You can have a look at them on, on, uh, on their WhatsApp, uh, on the Facebook page, or I think as well, they do from time to time do tours around there as well. Now, that, that's the first thing. Now, secondly, to think about this. Where was tinsel first invented? Well, again, you'd be interested. It's in Germany. It's in a place called Nuremberg. And it goes back to the year 1610. And the original tinsel were very, very fine strips of silver. And they were hung on a Christmas tree. And of course, because then you had candles on the tree as well, over time that silver would start to tarnish. That's what sometimes happens to silver. And as well then, it was made of lead and other metals. And people began to realize that there was perhaps a danger in that. So eventually... It started to be made differently. Aluminium, after the Second World War particularly, uh, and other things as well, uh, more, more perhaps friendly to us. So that's the background. It's made, some of it is made in Wales, centred all over the world, but it originally started in Nuremberg back in the uh, 17th century, 1610. Now what we're going to do this morning, boys and girls, we're going to have a little think, and adults as well, uh, we're going to use tinsel to help us to think about the Christmas story. Now, another thing about Christmas this time of the year are the party games. Now, because of the introdu introduction of the, of the computer, it, it's sad perhaps when you see uh, all the youngsters are uh, gathered around the television and they're, they're playing their computer games and then the older generations just watch. They're given perhaps this thing to hold and all these little knobs and, 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 and they can't even jump the first step to get into the game. I've been there. Half an hour waiting just to jump and being given advice and being tutored and I couldn't even jump in. I couldn't jump into it to be even to begin. But there are games you know that you can play. Put up some party games now that you can have a go at. There's the famous uh, putting the tail on the donkey. Or on a reindeer, if you want to make it more Christmassy. There's also that game of passing the parcel around. And as the music plays, the parcel gets passed around and then eventually it stops and somebody's able to open it. And there may be a little prize or something said there for something to go and get a packet of sweets or something. And then, of course, the other one is musical chairs. And the chairs get reduced in number uh, as the songs go on. So in the end, you've only got uh, one chair and people have to go around it to find the winner. But we're not going to play party games here this morning, but we're certainly going to use the word, the name tinsel, to help us to understand something uh, about the Christmas story. Party games, we said, are certainly uh, popular. But we're going to think now of these six letters uh, that make up the word tinsel. Now, there are many words of three letters or more that you can make, out, make up out of tinsel. We're not going to do that this morning, but you might want to give it a go uh, over the Christmas season. I'm told if you can find ten words of three letters or more, that's good. If you can find twenty, that's very good. And if you can find over 30, well, that's excellent. I do have a list here uh, with me of 37. So perhaps you can have a go at it this afternoon. Have a chat with me tonight if you're able to come. I will check your words off the list. But what we're going to do this morning is now look at 
this word tinsel, and we're going to use all the letters in the word tinsel to make another word to help us to understand something about the Christmas story. So let's do the first one immediately. And we'll put it up. Tinsel, let's make this word tinsel into another word. And look, look as it happens now, uh, you'll realise that all those letters can be changed around to give us the word listen. Listen. What we will notice about the Christmas characters in the Christmas story is that many of them have a willingness to listen to what is being said. We're going to take now three uh, examples of that that are found in the Bible story. Firstly, we've already looked at it in the story with the boys and girls in the short little video. There was Mary. And Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel, bringing her news that she was about to, to become the mother of a baby and that this baby would be the saviour of the world. And of course, uh, Gabriel bringing news to her, it was of a surprising kind. Uh, Mary uh, uh, was to bring forth a son and to call him Jesus. Luke chapter 1 verse 31 tells us that. Now, she could have dismissed it. But instead, this is what she said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Now, that tells us that she listened to what the angel said, embraced it and brought it into her life and believed it. The Christmas story is a miracle. There's no other way uh, to, to talk about it. Uh, every uh, Christmas season, I read chapters of uh, a book on the virgin birth of Christ, written now uh, 90 years ago. It's, uh, the, 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 it's the absolute best with regards to all the ideas that other people have had and, uh, and the debate that they've had with regards to whether it actually happened. And it's very clear that you have to come to this conclusion because of who it is. As you read of the life of this person in the other chapters of the gospel, because of who it is, what he says, what he does, it's very clear that his coming into the world had to be supernatural. Not unnatural, not against nature, but above nature. An intervention. That's what we're thinking about here this morning. And it's very similar with regards to uh, the Christian salvation uh, that each and every one of us needs to know. It's not by anything that we can do, not by any works of righteousness or good deeds that we can do, that we can make ourselves acceptable to God. It is by his mercy, as we prayed about it this morning, God's mercy, we don't get what we do deserve. What do we deserve? Well, we deserve judgment because of our disobedience and rebellion and pride and envy and all those other manifestations of sinfulness. But the Lord Jesus Christ comes into the world to accomplish this for us. So that's Mary. Mary listening. The second person is Joseph. And this is very interesting again. 
Because Joseph, on hearing the news, probably from Mary, that she was expecting a baby, he jumped to the obvious conclusion that perhaps he should leave Mary because she had not been true to him. And again, the angel appears to Joseph and reminds Joseph and says to Joseph, underlining Mary's innocence in this, and also the baby to be born and the name he was to give it and the reason that name was being given, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And again we notice that although Joseph had been wondering about this, it came to him in a dream, he, he listens, he hears it, he listens and he acts upon it. And so he takes Mary as his wife and they then begin that journey to, from Nazareth, as we saw, to, to Bethlehem. Now, some, you see, start to, to listen, but they don't continue to listen. Now, you this morning are hearing these words, but I'm wondering, are you also listening to these words? And then thirdly, not only Mary, not only Joseph, but the shepherds. And they, uh, their account is found in the second chapter of Luke, uh, uh, and from verse 8. The shepherds listen to the words of the angel and the song of the angels. Now they could have said, having heard that uh, this baby had been born and the sign was a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, they could well have said, well, but we are shepherds, we, we are too busy Perhaps we'll just send one uh, one representative down, but we can't all go. We are busy. We are busy. And so that's the case this Christmas time. I'm speaking to one or two people, and uh, again, uh, uh, contacts we have, inviting them. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so busy. Well, aren't we all busy, I'd like to think? Busy with their jobs? or busy with their Christmas preparations, that they've got no time to, to read an invitation card. No time to read the account in Matthew or Luke's Gospel of the birth of Jesus. No time even to attend for an hour a carol service in the 168 hours of the week. Too busy. Well, the shepherds could well have said that. They had to be mindful of uh, thieves. They had to be mindful of, of wolves, perhaps, or, or other animals that might come in and predate the flock. Well, you have come this morning. You are here. But are you now listening? You're hearing, but are you listening? And are you listening not now for the voice of an angel, but are you perhaps listening not even to the voice of the preacher? But in your heart, are you hearing and are you listening to the voice of God that reminds you of this wonderful gift that we're celebrating this Christmas time? So that's the first word. We, we have to listen. We have to listen. Now, secondly, let's put the word tinsel up again. Uh, and then the magic button will be pressed and give us a second word using all those letters. And that produces for us the word silent. Silent. Now, it may be that you are looking for some dramatic event in your life. 
If something dramatic had happened to you with regards to these spiritual things that we're talking about this morning, if an angel could visit you, well, that would, that would make the difference. But as in the case of so much in the natural world, so also in the spiritual workings of God's grace, much of what is achieved is done in silence. It's done silently. It's done quietly. It's done calmly. Were we to get uh, uh, here uh, in South Wales some of the snow that Scotland has had uh, in the next couple of weeks or into January, it'll happen perhaps quietly. If we've gone to sleep, we won't be hearing it, but we wake up in the morning and we'll see the signs. It's the same perhaps with plants and uh, flowers as well. They do grow, but unless you're prepared to sit and watch, you wake up in the morning and there's a few flowers here and there's a few fruits shaping here, and it, it happens almost imperceptibly, but it happens silently, calmly. There's a sense of a pattern to it all. And two of the carols that we sing over this Christmas season express this thought. One of them is that short carol, Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Now that doesn't mean that uh, there were not some cries of anguish from Mary, and certainly a cry as the baby was born and, and perhaps continued uh, to, to, to express his desire to be fed. Oh, no, those natural sizes, but in one sense, this sense of, a, of, of the calmness that God intervenes, not with a great bang and a clash, but silently, <coughs> calmly, almost imperceptibly. And it's the other carol by John, uh, Philip Brooks uh, that mentions this in O Little Town of Bethlehem. You remember how verse 3 expresses it so well. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given, and God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No year may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Now it is true that some can talk about a dramatic change in their lives, a conversion experience. Like perhaps Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. He who was a, had been a persecutor became a preacher, had a dramatic conversion. But there are others as well who, who speak perhaps of the, the quiet way, the calm way, almost the silent way. In which slowly and surely they were drawn gradually to Jesus Christ as they listened to God's word. To think upon him. Like Mary, they, they pondered these things in their hearts and then they come to an understanding of what it means and they embrace it with all their heart and life. Yes, some speak of the earthquake, some speak of the wind, some speak of the fire, some speak of all of that in their testimony. But there are others who speak simply about a, a small, still small voice or as it's translated, the, the whisper in the silence, God whispers. He reminds us. He, 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 he comes to us. And then we begin to respond and understand his word. And it produces, as it did in this instance here, it produces another miracle. 
the miracle of the new birth. Our natures are changed. We have implanted within us a divine a seed. The spirit comes within us. Helps us to understand. Helps us to begin to comprehend. Makes us aware of our sinfulness. Of our need of the saviour. Makes aware how, how he is the remedy. How he is, as we've heard this morning, the perfect gift. Not only to begin the Christian life, but to continue the Christian life and... Importantly as well, in the light of this Thursday, as we bury our sister, dear friend Joyce, at the end of our life, to be the gift at the end. This is a wonderful picture then. It's the beginning that leads uh, then to what we would need to consider as this third and final word. As a, now we put up this thought, a silent night. We need to open our hearts to the things of God. Uh, we need perhaps to ask him. Like an old hymn said, enter then, O Christ most holy, make a Christmas in my heart. So the third word, let's put the word tinsel up again. And let's uh, rearrange all six letters to make the third and final word. And this is the word now where the challenge comes. This is the challenge. Look as the word appears, enlist. Enlist. This is something significant also. Christmas is more than the birth of a baby. It's not something perhaps that we just put out for a few days as a decoration on a shelf. And then in a few weeks time we put it back in a box and we either put it down the garage or it's up in the attic. And it's left there then for 50 odd weeks until we revisit it again what Christmas is telling us it's the beginning of something it's the beginning of something that will continue and being a Christian you can't say you're a Christian if you only come to to a service at Christmas time you might like to think that you're a Christian by remembering the birth of Jesus but uh, but you're hearing it but you're not really in responding to it it's the beginning of something that continues in your life. The coming of the Saviour then brings about this reality of we need to enlist. Well, why do we need to enlist? Why do we need to join? Why do we need to become a disciple? Well, I said we wouldn't go into the other words that we could make up, but I'm going to give you two little short words now that might help you uh, if you are going to make that list later on. Two little words that you can make, only three letters long. The first one is the number 10. You can find that in this word uh, tinsel. And you can also find the word sin, S-I-N. The number 10 reminds us of God's 10 words, the 10 commandments. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, not to take his name in vain, to keep his day holy. And then he moves on to talk about honouring our mother and fathers, not committing murder, not committing adultery, not lying, not stealing, not coveting. And those ten words really come as a challenge to us. And as we begin to look and to measure and consider that as the pattern and our lives in comparison, we will see that there is incongruity. It, it doesn't add up. It doesn't match. And the reason it doesn't match is because of sin. And sin, we know, taking away the first and the last letter, gives us that single letter I, where we are in control and we dominate and we organise everything around ourselves. And because of that, we are 
going to be judged for our sin. But the Lord Jesus comes into the world, this is what we're celebrating, and some 30 years later, he lives, well, through that, he lives this perfect life. He goes through being a child. He goes through being a youth. He comes into full maturity. And then he dies upon the cross, being punished in the place of sinners. And his perfect spotless life is reckoned. It's accounted to us. So that enables us now then to be able to come to this point of crisis. This point of challenge. This point of decision. Jesus is born to save his people from their sins. It began with his back to the, the wood of the manger, and it ends with his back to the wood of the cross. And he accomplishes for us then this wonderful salvation. Time and again, you see, Jesus spoke about a, a ransom, a price that he would pay, and about coming to, to save that which was lost. And then about people who had come to him for healing or had come to him for forgiveness, and those people going on then to, to follow him, to become a disciple. And that's what we're talking about here, to enlist. You know, years ago, uh, it might be, there, there are some of you, uh, and you were, you were made, there was conscription. And for a year or maybe two years, uh, you had you were conscripted into one of the uh, either the army or the the, the navy or the or, or, or the, the the Royal Air Force, and uh, that was a conscription. It was forced upon you. It might have been that you had been willing to do it, but others might not have been willing to do it. Well, uh, this now is not this conscription of being it forced upon you, but you have to see willingly come. Willingly receive, willingly embrace what God has done in Jesus Christ. And to illustrate that very quickly, we can think again of those shepherds who ran down, certainly, and they heard the message and they return and they share that message with others. There are also the three wise men. Think of them traveling from the east, making that journey. Coming, what, to present gifts? Yes, but to, but to worship him. To worship him. Now, whatever their background was in uh, terms of looking at the stars and however uh, perhaps uh, dubious that is, uh, they came and they recognized the child and they, they worshipped him. And I think those, those individuals, however many there were, they, they came bringing their gifts and they began a life of worship and discipleship uh, of their Savior from that moment on. And so you have workmen as the shepherds. You have wise men. And then as well, you have the, the picture of these two individuals there uh, uh, embracing this young child uh, as Jesus then was brought up to the temple some days later. There's Simeon and there's Anna, two elderly people. You can call them the wrinkled, if you like, uh, or the weathered. The workers, the wise men, and, and the wrinkled. Here they are, but they're embracing. They're embracing this message. They've been waiting long for this. An interesting uh, story I heard uh, over the weekend of a of a man who has passed uh, has died and uh, yet in his life he was uh, he was a, 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 an atheist he didn't believe in God at all and late in his life he came to faith in Jesus Christ and he sent his pastor a Christmas card to say that that particular Christmas 
was the first Christmas of his new life. And he was well in his 80s then. And he has now died. And his funeral to take place uh, in the days to come. He enlisted. Now he left it late. He left it late. But God in his grace and mercy will accept all. You can never leave it too late until it's too late. And then the judgment. But finally, let's look at one verse from Romans chapter 10 verse 9 as we close this morning. And this, I suppose, is the challenge. Are you able to, to agree with this verse in Romans 10? What we read there is this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Have you listened? Has God come to you silently? Have you enlisted? Have you become a disciple? Have you become a follower of Jesus since last Christmas? And if you have, will you continue to follow? If you did so many, many years ago, will you continue to follow him now? In the particular circumstances of your life. Because we know that through our lives, the chapters change, don't they? Some very happy chapters, some very sad chapters. But through all the book of our lives, we follow him. Well, may God help us to understand something of what it means to become a Christian and to stay as, as a Christian. Tinsel may, as we said, not be as popular as it once was. It's out of fashion. This Christmas message, by and large, is out of fashion. But that does not affect the eternal security. But to dismiss and ditch Jesus Christ, as many are ditching tinsel perhaps for their home, is to have eternal consequences. May God bless his word to our hearts this morning.